Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode, a proud member of the Front Row Network of Shows on NPR Illinois. For the past five years, we've been providing hours of content every month, and now we've created the chance for all of you to get even more content. We've officially launched our Patreon page to give you the chance to support our work. There are four separate levels, and each come with their own amazing bonus perks, including exclusive episodes, full movie commentary tracks, and even the ability to choose what episodes we do and be on them with us. To show your support, simply go to www.patreon.com slash network. That's patreon.com slash network. Thank you again, and as always, we'll see you in the front row. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Hello everyone out there in podcast land, this is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, an NPR Illinois Community Voices podcast from the Front Row Network, and we are here to talk all things Disney, and this episode we're going to talk mainly about Walt Disney World, our favorite place on earth. Isn't that right, Brett? That's one of them. (laughs) I am Craig, and I'm joined tonight with my co-host, Brett Rutherford. You just heard that he said Walt Disney World is so much better than Disneyland. That's what yes. I heard. <laughs> yes. No. I. What? We're starting already? Okay. I'll just say I love Disney parks. Okay. You're going to do the Disney parks thing as if that's a real thing. Okay. All right. We are have some really special guests here with us tonight and we can't wait to get into a discussion about their recent Walt Disney World trips. But before we do, I just wanted to say thank you again for listening. Uh, We've had such a a great response to our social media. We're up to nearly 3,000 followers on Instagram. Thank you so much if you have uh, just joined along with us here on the podcast. Make sure to go back and listen to Uh, past episodes. And then also, please do us a favor and rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you listen to, because that really helps that visibility and just helps to get us even more listeners uh, to join on, on, on the fun. One of the things that we just chatted with our guest last week about, Lou Mangiello from WDW Radio, was to talk about how the parks are right now and what that experience is like. And so we have some friends that just came back from Florida not too long ago, and we want to talk to them about their experiences. Welcoming back to the podcast, he was just on telling me why I should go to Disneyland, and he did such a great job. Brett, I don't know, but this guy, he really convinced me I should go to Disneyland. Mr. Craig Williams, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me again. Um, I really look forward to talking to you guys about this, and I appreciate you having me back. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, uh, I really do. Like, uh, since that episode that you were on, I, we have talked about the need to go to Disneyland, but also we keep thinking about going to Disneyland maybe first, maybe before Walt Disney World after all this is over. So yeah. joining us yeah. for the – it is open. <laughs> when it's open, yeah. Uh, for the first time, Kristen Wolf, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, Disney World is truly my favorite place. I can't say Disneyland. Sorry, Brett. I haven't been there yet, but it's on a a bucket list. It's okay. Um, But super excited. Absolutely. And, you know, we have a special question that we do ask everybody their first time on the show. Uh, Craig got it last time. So now you're up. What is your favorite movie? Does it need to necessarily be Disney, but it can be if you'd like it to be? 
and you can have you can have a favorite movie and your favorite Disney movie too. Okay, I like that. So my favorite movie is Super Cheesy Sweet Home Alabama with Reese Witherspoon. My daughter's name is Reese. Um, my favorite Disney movie, I think, probably due to my age, is The Little Mermaid. Oh, fantastic! Oh, what's and that was that was Craig's that was Craig's favorite movie too, wasn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> it was That's perfect. We've we matched you guys up perfectly. This is great. This is great. <laughs> All right, but let's dive into your recent trips. Uh, so can you tell us, actually, let's just start with when you went and uh, kind of where you stayed, just the, the basics of that stuff. And then we're going to talk a bit about how maybe it was a little different during uh, the current situation we're all going through, but then also talk about sort of uh, that feeling that Disney gives us and, and if that was still there and, and how prevalent that was. So uh, Craig, we'll let you go first. When was it that you were in the parks and uh, how long were you there, all that? Um, so we had been down in Florida for about uh, six weeks from June to July. So we were there and we visited uh, Disney Springs and we stayed off property, obviously, that time. Um, and then we checked in actually opening day. I think it was, I think the 14th, June, July 14th, and stayed at the Polynesian and we were there for about six days. So. Wow. Um, right there at the very beginning when they were getting things figured out and, you know, changing, you know, day to day. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was, it was just as wonderful as it normally is just a lot less people. So when you said six weeks in Florida and you said off property, obviously I, I started thinking my head, like the math on what that would be if you were there for six weeks <laughs> and you were on property. So you must be uh, European if you're doing that. So <laughs> we, we, we spent more in the Polynesian in the six days we stayed <laughs> than we did all the other weeks. So <laughs> I can't imagine that. Oh, sure. yeah, I yeah. can imagine that. Kristen, when uh, were you in the parks? So we actually originally had planned to, we had a trip planned for mid-June um, because we are annual pass holders. And so we had to, we had to get it done by June 22nd. Um, but then they extended those. So we, we pushed our trip because we just did not want to be the, the guinea pigs when it reopened but we were anyway because we pushed our trip to uh i think we we got there july 18th checked in mm -hmm. um we stayed at boardwalk uh villas which we usually stay epcot resort area we my kids love hollywood studios and epcot walking into those two parks so um beach club is our jam but this time we were at boardwalk we love it too um Checked in the 18th and out the 24th, and then we headed over to Disney's Bureau Beach. Wow, awesome. I can't wait to dive into these trips even more. Uh, so the, I guess the first, where we should start at, um, I want to kind of go sort of systematically through the trip. And the first thing first, there is a new reservation system that uh, it's for the first time really ever you need to have a reservation in order to get into a park. And they're doing this because of capacity issues. They want to make sure that they know how many people are going to be in their park at any given time. Uh, and also, there's no park hopping at the moment. So you really do have to pick, this is where I want to go on this particular day. Now, uh, both of you are annual pass. Uh, Craig, I know you've had an annual pass in the past. Are, are you an annual pass holder now? Or were you just doing the reservation based off being on the resort? We actually ended up doing it as a resort. We, we okay. intended to buy it this time around. And it was actually on sale the first week we were down there and then it didn't, it, it was taken down. And so we ended up having to get normal tickets, but yeah, so we did normal tickets. 
And okay. uh, use the reservation system that way too. So walk me through that reservation system. Was it, um, was it a fairly easy process? We know that sometimes my Disney experience getting those ADRs and things like that, that can be a process. So talk to me about the reservation system and how it went for you. Um, so we, so we were down to the wire and trying to make sure we could get the tickets we wanted and then getting the reservations we wanted. And because that first weekend was so packed with people, I think they kind of had that systematic, they rolled the reservation out for annual pass holders. And then they had done it for people who had already had reservations with um, Disney and had rescheduled them. And so the day that morning at like six in the morning, um, when they rolled out tickets for the rest of the parks to the public, we jumped on, we got our tickets and then we got a reservation. So it was pretty easy and we knew what we were doing. And we also ended up watching videos of exactly how we should do it. Um, of exactly how to sign up, how we could actually get those reservations locked in because Hollywood studios was just immediate, like within the first half hour was packed. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought it was easy. Um, I, I jumped on, I actually didn't do it through the app. I did it through the computer because I had heard that it would be faster and that it would have a better connection. And that seemed to hold true. I was able to get my tickets and get the reservation very, very quickly. Um, so in my experience was very good. Good, how about you, Kristen? Did you see any barriers in the reservation system? Yeah, so leading up to it, I was a little bit um, worried because like I said, my path had actually technically expired and they had to, they were offering either an extension or a refund. And so they had, and I was taking the extension. I called and told them I wanted the extension, but they hadn't extended it yet. I couldn't see the, the expiration date. So I was getting a little worried that, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to make these reservations because they don't know yet that I have tickets. Um, but the day before I was able to go on to make reservations. My extension showed up in, in the app, which was awesome. And then like Craig said, I had been watching, I'd been following all of the people that know what they're doing, the blogs, the, the YouTube videos, all the things. And my good friend, Brett, Brett also helped me a little bit the morning of, <laughs> thank you, Brett. But, um, I was able to go on and get all the reservations I wanted. I wanted six days. We did two days at Hollywood Studios, two days at Epcot, and then one day each at Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. And I got them, I mean, there was a little bit of the, you know, how, just like you said, Craig, the, the, the website doesn't always work perfectly and everybody's trying to do everything all at once and it gets a little jammed up and that did happen. But once I was able to get in, I got everything I needed and, and it was great. I was so excited because we had everything else lined up and I just wanted to make sure we had to get Hollywood studios. I was bribing my kids for good grades with droids and we got that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's perfect. Yeah, you know, uh, the only real complaints that other than like the first day jitters that every system ever experiences, the only real complaints I'm seeing about the reservation systems are from annual pass holders, more locals that because yeah. you can only book three days at a time, it is rolling now. So uh, as soon as you it's kind of like a fast pass almost. I mean, as soon as you're done with your day or you, you, you get into the Magic Kingdom or Epcot or wherever, you can then automatically go on to the reservation system and book your next day. So it's kind of a rolling three day. Uh, so even that seems to be working out well. It's, uh, you know, it's, it, 
it's not, I think, how Disney ever anticipated having to operate because they always want to maximize their parks and maximize the money you can spend in their parks. So it's a, a brand new system for them too, but it does seem like they've done a fairly decent job. Brett, did you have any uh, follow-ups on the reservation system or you want to get into the travel? Oh, well, I had my own experience with the reservation system on opening day because, yeah, as, as Kristen knows, that it was my intention to go uh, very early on, uh, kind of when she was going to be there, but my plans changed. But I, I did do the uh, the reservations the first day and uh, found a little uh, a little workaround. I guess those internet people can be very friendly, and uh, and they they give you little tips and all that sort of stuff. So I found a workaround that uh, circumvented all of the uh, the stress that other people were going through. So. Uh, at the time, I got all of the parks I wanted, so I shared the information with Kristen and a couple of other people, too. But, yeah, but that was my experience. It worked for me. Like, <laughs> I like a go, but it worked for me. <laughs> like a good friend should, right? So Yeah, yeah someone uh, goes, who's going? Who's going? Yeah, so. <laughs> so. You know, I want to get into uh, the next area, and – I think that this is a this is some this is an area where people have some contention or some reservations about how exactly they're going to get themselves to Florida. Uh, and even in our conversation last week with Lou, um, he mentioned that he felt so safe at Disney. We can get into that here in a minute too. But uh, that he truly felt safer than anywhere that he's visited outside of Disney, even. But it's the act of getting to Disney that sometimes can be uh, a bit of a worry or a concern for people. So I wanted to walk through those experiences. Kristen, did you all fly down? And how was that experience? We did not. We drove. And okay. honestly, we have gone, we go a couple times a year and have since my 15-year-old was born. Um, and we've only flown to Florida once, and that was for a cruise. So we drive okay. almost every time. But I will say that we had plans to fly this time. Uh, I had saved the miles and I was pumped we were going to fly and at the last minute I I chickened out and we decided to drive I just felt like we could keep ourselves in our little bubble in our little family bubble until we got to the Disney bubble that I knew was going to be what I wanted it to be so um, we did drive and it was it was fine I mean I I will say that you know you do have to get there so there's some gas station stops and People do have to go to the bathroom and there's a little hesitation there, but masks, antibacterial wipes, you know, lots of everything um, we had in the car and my kids are teenagers. They're very good. They know what's going on right now. They're older. It's easier to be like, did you wash your hands and believe them? So I think, um, you know, we did fine. And the, ho the two hotels, we stayed one on the way down in Valdosta. Because uh, we try to get as far as we can south before we stop. And then the one on the way back was just north of Nashville and Clarksville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And they were both, they both handled stuff very well, too. I was pretty impressed with the hotels that we stayed at because they had some, some good procedures in place that made me feel like they were taking it seriously as well. So we felt good for the most part. Now, uh, Craig, you are one of those people that, that really I owe a lot of my love to the Disney parks to you because um, <laughs> it was our, our first tri trip outside of like being in high school and things like that. We went and we actually stayed with you. Uh, and I remember distinctly, it was right after First Night Springfield on mm -hmm. uh, January 1st at 1230 in the morning or whatever. And you and Ryan packed into your Mini Cooper and started driving to Florida. Uh, and so I, I'm guessing you drove this time or did you, did you all fly down? 
Yeah, we did drive, and um, okay. we leave as, as early as we can get out of Springfield and, and get there, usually around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and, uh, and we did that again. And luckily, it was, it was really, it was actually probably the easiest ride we've ever had because there were so few people on the road. Um, but I will say, you know, driving through Georgia, um, they really didn't have any restrictions. So there were several places there when we stopped eating stuff that obviously there were people outside of um, like some of the big fast food joints that were closed down because their, you know, corporate offices said all of them are down um, that, that they weren't really wearing masks or they weren't necessarily paying as close attention, but we just kind of avoided them and yeah. just along and it worked out just fine. Um, felt safe, got down quickly. Uh, and so it, it worked for us. Good, good. Well, not to linger too much on travel, let's just get into the parks and, and where you were, and uh, especially because you both stayed at such wonderful resorts. So talk to me first about uh, how Disney handled things from the resort side of things, and, and if you enjoyed your stay. Kristen, you said that you generally tend to stay in those Epcot resorts, so like uh, Beach Club and, and all of those, and of course, Boardwalk. So talk to us about Boardwalk this particular trip. How was it? Uh, how did you feel? How was it nice to get back there? It was so good. So we we are DVP owners, so we do get spoiled and get to stay where, you know, where, where we like to stay. And we have tried all of them, but we do like, our kids like the Epcot area. So board, Boardwalk, um, it was a little, that was probably maybe the most sad part for me, just because the boardwalk is usually mm. like happening. You know, there's the magicians and the comedians and, and just all the cool stuff going out on the boardwalk. And none of that was happening because they don't have any of their the live stuff. Anything that would draw a crowd, you know, they're staying away from, which I appreciate and I understand. But that part for me was a little sad. My husband is a huge sports fan. And so he loves the ESPN club, which is right there. And that was closed. Um, so I will say the resorts, as far as like safety, the pools, uh, super clean, everything was so well And the, the pools were clean. People were following the rules. They were wearing their masks. They were doing what they needed to do. Um, but there were limited food options at the resorts, which I knew going in. It's not like this isn't a complaint coming for me because I knew I had done my research. I knew what was going to be available, but but um, limited food options and uh, just you know kind of just a slower uh, atmosphere altogether. Uh, the pools closed early. Well, the main pools would close early, but the quiet pools would stay open. Um, but overall very very good and they disney just did a fantastic job making us feel safe and we had a very relaxing wonderful stay that's excellent and you know those resorts uh even when we've stayed there the the level of mousekeeping and cleanliness is something that you notice out of a disney resort that you you tend not to have those problems and when you do uh they tend to rectify those uh, a quick story aside um our good friends tim and kara went down for their honeymoon and they got into their room at like, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning or something like that. And they had a cockroach in their room. And uh, so they called and they were in like- In Florida? Right, right, Fritters? right, right. So they, so they, they called and they said, you know, uh, can you like, is there something like, can you check this out and see if it's like a infestation kind of a thing? Um, and they were like, well, absolutely come check it out. But also uh, we're gonna change your resorts. They changed them. They were supposed to stay at Pop Century 
uh, and they went to Animal Kingdom Lodge for oh, the week. Wow. Uh, but they moved them there for the week for their honeymoon. Uh, and then that was actually the time, and it was, it was the same hurricane that Brett was in. Was it Matthew? Yeah. Um, and so that was, uh, so they actually ended up getting like locked in their resort for a couple of days. And so instead of being in Pop Century, they were in Animal Kingdom Lodge. So, so Disney takes care of their, of their guests while they're there, especially in the resort area. And that's really good to hear. Uh, Craig, uh, talk to me about the Polynesian. I'm so, I'm so in love with Ohana, but I think it's closed right now, right? Yeah, it was closed, sadly. And they said it was a buffet style. And I was like, it's not a buffet. They always bring the food to me. I don't know what it's you're talking It's family style, yeah. Um, and actually, we ended up eating at um, uh, Whispering Canyon. At, uh, and it, I, I was like, this is the same thing, you know? So why can't you open my favorite restaurant in this, Rosa, this resort? Anyway, um, but everything else was open, um, except for, and not the luau. I mean, that, that part was close to... But um, it really kind of mimics what Kristen said. And, and, you know, the one thing I would say that was a little bit different is normally when you go to a Disney park, usually in the evening, when you want to go to, you know, relax your feet and, and lay out, the pools are pretty empty. And because the parks, op- you know, close pretty early, they were packed. Even the quiet pool was packed. And, and we, I mean, we still had a really good time and people would still clear out in time for us to really enjoy it. But that was a little bit different than we had had once, um, you know, had before. And the only thing I'd say that I would have missed about the Polynesians, I love sitting on the beach and watching the fireworks. And you could still see the castle and it was still really nice. And it was very peaceful. Um, And there were so few people, it really kind of felt you were, you know, all alone on a resort, uh, like on the beach. And that part was cool. I mean, I think the lack of people was actually more relaxing than I've ever felt while I've been in a Disney resort. So that was, um, you know, like this really strange added benefit. But, you know, our check-in this time around, um, our room wasn't ready on time. Cast member was just like above and beyond. She helped us find a room really quickly, got us there, called and followed up. Um, you know, I did, a, there was a quick survey and then I got a follow-up call from that survey about like two hours later, they were just so worried about us having a good time and it was felt and it was really, really cool. So, um, you know, I, I really, I felt safe and I felt at home and I really, I'm glad that we did that. It was, it was really worth it. That's excellent. That's great. Let's get into the theme parks uh, because I think that that's uh, where most people have they, they want to be experiencing those parks. And so we see all these pictures and we start to think like, oh my goodness, it looks so great there. There's less crowds and, and all of that. And so I don't necessarily want to dwell so much on um, the COVID restrictions that are going on, but also just to talk about the experiences of being in the theme parks right now. Uh, and so we can do this a couple of different ways. Um, we could go kind of round robin and talk about each of the parks, but I think instead of doing that, I'm just going to start with, what was some of the experiences that you had that were really memorable to you uh, this trip in the parks? And I'll start with you, Craig. Uh, so you can start at any park that you want to or anything that you'd like to talk about. Gosh, I get to choose. Yeah, you get, it's, it's free. It's open. Are we doing this round robin thing? Are we back to that idea of, you know, I'm like, we're all theater people. Why are we talking sports? 
That was a couple of episodes ago, just to catch yeah. you up. But anyway. Brett does, Brett does not know what a bracket is. He kept calling it a bucket. I kept calling it a bucket. So anyway, he just, <laughs> this, is, this is giving you time. See, I'm, this is, I'm vamping. I'm giving you time to think of that experience. So, anyway. so if, you, if you want to give your husband play the first 10 minutes of our Disney song draft for him, man, Brett has a rough time of it. He doesn't know what a draft is. I mentioned like a snake draft. Snake draft was like, that was, that was eons. That was so beyond where Brett wanted to go that day. I'm so sorry. Yeah. so it was we, great. It was great. So yeah. So Craig, so what was that? What was your experience like? So, oh, let um, me ask that question. Yeah. So, so Craig, <laughs> Craig Williams, the second. So what was your Disney experience? You know, you, as you said, you can choose whatever park. So let's give us one of those experiences. Um, I think my, I would say, I'm going to say Hollywood Studios was probably, um, well, it's probably the most exciting for me because I hadn't been since Star Wars um, Galaxy's Edge had opened. So we got to fully experience that and everything was open. Um, and, and we were able to ride Smuggler's Run as many times as we wanted because there was no wait, uh-huh. uh, which was, and, and we got to do whatever we wanted because it was just our party in the cockpit. So that part of it was pretty fantastic. Um, uh, we were able to get in the virtual queue for Rise of the Resistance very quickly. In fact, by the time we had been in the park, gotten through the virtual queue, and then it called us, it was maybe a half hour into the day. So that part was awesome. And um, it was amazing. And it wasn't totally crowded. I mean, it was, it was, it was everything I thought it would be. So that part was probably the best. And I don't think that COVID got in the way of that at all. And then the rest of it was really, really nice. Um, you know, Toy Story Land wasn't real busy. In fact, uh, Toy Story Mania was so, was so you know, is, is made for so many crowds that we were able to ride and ride and ride. In fact, it started to deluge outside and they were like, do you want to go back on? Like escorting <laughs> everybody back on because everyone was waiting. And they go, you can't wait in here. There's too many people. Come back on the ride. <laughs> <laughs> That would be intense for your carpal tunnel, though. Oh, my gosh. You have to, like, shake, 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 shake. <laughs> I have it all down. You know, I'm like, this is my shake part. This is my shake. Shake it out. You know. Yeah, sorry. Um, but then, like, the Runaway Railway, that was still pretty busy, but we were really good on that. Um, and they are still getting the kinks worked out. And um, the only thing I'd say about that, that park is a pretty warm park. Like, there's not a whole lot of shade. And with a mask, it was, it was pretty warm. But I think we kind of got into this rhythm of, all right, you have to take breaks. You have to pick up your margarita and <laughs> wait over here in the shade and then do it again. But we had um, an awesome time. I've never not waited for Rock and Roller Coaster or Tower of Terror. Or, I mean, it was all of my favorites we were still able to walk on. And that part was, um, it was cool. It was really neat. It felt like you were at a special event. Yeah, that's really neat. So uh, none of us have been able to experience this yet because the attraction opened on March 3rd and the parks closed on about March 15th, 17th. So talk to me about uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway because uh, we just haven't, of course, we've, I've seen the ride through and I think it looks really neat. And we actually, when we talked to Leslie Iwerks, she mentioned that they put uh, an Iwerks and company kind of like uh, Easter egg inside the ride, which is really neat. But talk to me about your experience on Mickey and Minnie's Craig, and, and did you enjoy it? So I um, I thought it was a I, I did the, the the point of view 
videos too, so I kind of knew it was coming. Uh-huh. We waited a really long time in, in the hot sun. And I, when we first went on it, it was so fast. It, it's a very quick ride. Like you are in and out of every room extremely fast there's so much to see it's obviously a ride you have to ride over and over again and i was like man if we had waited 15 minutes for this i would have been over the moon but we had waited so long and i felt like it just flew by but in reflection of it it was it was such a beautiful ride it was just it was it was just so master they had mastered everything about it um everything was executed beautifully you know, you really couldn't tell the difference between a projection and a painting. And that was probably the coolest thing for me because I'm always looking for like the sight lines. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that part of it was neat. And the, uh, I think the pre-show is just so clever of, of having the screen and then, you know, the screen coming alive and you're walking into the, movie, the, the overall cartoon. So I just, I think it was, a, it's a welcomed addition. I think it's like the charm of Magic Kingdom that fits beautifully into Hollywood Studios. And I think yeah. that Hollywood Studios kind of misses some of that. Um, and they're starting to figure out that you need a little bit of that charm to be in all of your parks. So I think it is like, it's like well-rounded in that respect. And um, yeah, I really can't wait to write it again. And as soon as we wrote it, it broke down again after we were off. Yeah. So I was kind of like, well, I'm glad we waited. <laughs> um, and, I, and I think it's probably part of the track list. And there were so many people going on it. So, and they also, when they have to stop and clean, sometimes it seemed like they were trying to get the rides back up and they had to let all of the ride cars go through again. And it seemed to actually slow it down even further sometimes. And I think they worked some of that out. But yeah, um, yeah it was awesome. I loved it. Well, good. I, you know, I wonder if it's one of those rides that over time, uh, as new attractions open up, maybe it will become a little bit more accessible in terms of wait times and things like that. It, it might not stay in that um, always busy kind of a, a mode, but it does look just so cool. And uh, I can't wait to experience it. We had a trip scheduled in the end of April, which of course was canceled. Uh, and so um, it was a real bummer. That was like one of the big parts where I was like, man, I really wanted to ride that ride. <laughs> Uh, but, but for sure. So, um, Brett, did you have well, Kristen, anything? Well, Kristen, we need your point of view of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Oh, yeah. So, so for me, a lot of what Craig said, and I will tell you that I watched the Leslie Iwerks um, interview, and so I was watching for that Easter. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, that's exciting. But, yeah, that was cool. But we arrived in. Florida um, Saturday morning and uh, Sunday was our Hollywood Studios day. So it was like right when we got there, basically. And we got in, we got droids, we got our boarding pass, and then we we needed to wait, right, to do some other things. So we went and got in the Mickey and Minnie's line, which in the morning, it was a long line. If you waited later in the day, I noticed that the line would get down to where the app would say 35 minutes and then people were saying it was 15 minutes. So um, I think if we had waited later in the day, we wouldn't have waited as long, but it is a wait in the sun. Like he said, you're out in front of the Chinese theater and it's hot and it's, it's just what it is. But um, I loved it for us. It was before. So we had not ridden rise of the resistance either. We had been to galaxy's edge last November 
like a week before Rise of the Resistance opened. So we had done Smuggler's Run, but we had not done um, Rise. And so for us, that was our first trackless ride. And I knew, but I didn't really know what that meant. I mean, I had read up a little bit, but if, you're, if you haven't been on it, you don't really get it. So you're in that train and as soon as it goes, berserk you're like oh my gosh and even my high you know my high school kids were like this is so cool and it's animated which I thought was so cute that my old kids are getting excited about it you know they did a really good job and like Craig said I think there were years there was probably a five-year span where we just didn't even go to Hollywood Studios with my kids when they were littler because at that time they really just didn't have anything for the kids when they were super little we did Toy Story Mania and we did you know, Star Tours. And then we just kind of, but we didn't want to spend a whole day for Toy Story Mania and Star Tours. And then we just didn't go for like five years to Hollywood Studios. But I feel like they've brought in Toy Story Land. They've brought in the whole Star Wars area. And now this Mickey and Minnie, they kind of round the park out to a full family. You know, it can be all ages. And I think that they've done a really good job with that because now it's our can't miss park. When right. for five years, we just didn't even go. So I think they did a really good job with that ride, for sure. I didn't know what to expect, but it was it was very cute. It was fast, and it was different than I thought it was going to be, even though I had done some research. So I'm with Craig. I'm ready to go on it again. Um, but we only did it once. We went to Hollywood Studios twice, but we only stood in that line in the heat one time. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is so interesting that um, it's such a fast ride and a quick ride. Uh, and I guess you get that on the videos because it is, all, I mean, it's like the video, even with the intro is like seven minutes long or so, but uh, because great movie ride was such a relaxing, we need to get out of the sun. Let's uh, sit on this 25 minute ride <laughs> and go through the movies. So it's just interesting to see that how that was replaced. And now um, you mentioned, both of you mentioned the weight outside. I, I imagine that because that's probably because of the six foot distance in the queues, right? So they do still have a large area inside that could accommodate guests, right? And, and so maybe once this is over and past us a bit more, um, that might be a, a bit of a plus is that you can maybe wait with more people inside and we'll see how that goes. Uh, but we, we talked, anything else about Hollywood Studios, Kristen, that you wanted to mention before we go to a different part? Um, I think just that, you know, they've, they've ad adapted some things. So like my kids are at the age where we're building droids and then my son mowed a lot of yards so that he could make a lightsaber. <laughs> um, and, then, and then the saber, like Savi's workshop is kind of not really open because mm. I think a lot of kids can't get the parts in to create your own saber. So they've done a modified version where you can go down into Savi's and they make it seem super special, but you're just not really building your own. You're building a character saber. So he, okay. he did get to build a saber, but it wasn't really like him building his own. It cost um, enough, but it, is, you know, it wasn't like really him building his own. So they're modifying some things that, I mean, he wasn't super disappointed about, but you know, just you have to kind of change what you thought you were going to do. So for us, yeah. that was part of it. Um, and then just the, the in all of the parks, but Hollywood Studios for us, like just the restaurant options, they're, they're much more limited right now. Um, so you just kind of have to go with what there is. 
I think we'll probably talk about food later, but for us, Hollywood Studios was the hardest to, to eat at just because okay. of what we thought we were going to do as opposed to what we ended up being able to do. I'm calling it right now. This is six months, a year from now, whatever it is, it'll be. But mom, I didn't get to build my own lightsaber. So I have to go back again. So you, uh, you quote this. Yeah, that, that's what's going to happen. So it's, it's going to be there. But let's go ahead and move on to a different part. Brett, where do you want to take them? Hmm. Well, you hear so many wonderful tales of Animal Kingdom and flights of passage with, shall we say, uh, limited lines there. So what, what is that experience like? No lines? No lines. No lines. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What was that like? Yeah, Kristen, we'll start with you on Animal Kingdom because Craig got to start with Hollywood Studios. So we'll start with you. Well, Animal Kingdom is my favorite park. It's been my favorite park forever and ever and ever. So Flight of Passage, sorry, ride fans. I love rides, but Flight of Passage is still still my favorite ride. And yes, it was it was walk on. I mean, I I walked we walked through the queue and waited for maybe three groups three people basically, but three groups to to go in front of us. And then we were on it. We got off and they asked if we wanted to go back on it. I mean, it was crazy. Um, so Flight of Passage was, was a walk on. I mean, and what's interesting, and I don't know if this was the same for you, Craig, because you were there just a tiny bit before me, but that, you know, your, your My Disney Experience app would say like a 25 minute wait. And, and then you would walk through the queue and be on the ride. And it does take about 10 minutes to walk through the queue but you still just walked through the queue you never stopped you never had to like wait um so the the times on the app are always matching up and they were usually quite a bit longer than what you actually had to wait and i don't know if they're doing that on purpose or not but my guess is they are um but yeah the flight of passage was super short um we are huge safari fans so we rode the safari multiple times um, we did go over to um, oh, Rafiki's, and we did Wait, the lots. animators. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have done this, where you get to learn to draw. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know what it's called, but it's so it's so fun. We do it every single time because we're the cheesy family, but we always you know compete for who drew the the best Weber, and I always lose. But we got to do that, and they did a really good job keeping that social distance and. We felt really safe there. Um, and then, the, again, like I had little moments of not sadness because there was so much fun in what Craig was saying earlier about kind of having the place to yourself. Like there was a lot to be enjoy about that. And we go so often that the stuff that was missing, we're going to get it again. And I'm okay with yeah. that. But, um, you know, walking through Africa without the drummers for me was just like, I was really sad. I just wanted the drummers and the musicians out and being fun and happy. And I wanted to dance with my Amber Safari beer. And um, <laughs> so there were things missing, but we knew that. We knew that going in. And I, my husband just kept telling me to put my chin up and get over it. And <laughs> I did. Um, and then he bought me more ears. He bought me like three sets of ears on the street. <laughs> about what was missing but uh, <laughs> but there's you know 
these are my these were my Animal Kingdom ones. He bought me Animal Kingdom ones. So since we're talking about Animal Kingdom, that's anyway, great. I just think that you know, like Animal Kingdom was beautiful, and it's always so you know, Animal Kingdom can get packed. Like those little thoroughfares when you're going into Asia, when you're going, they can get really crowded and so hot. And none of that happens. Like we were, I was lost sometimes just because I wasn't used to it not being crowded in an area that I thought, well, this can't be that area because normally it's so crowded. Um, but all of the rides were amazing. Everest, we did Everest like six times. In uh, a row. My in a row. favorite. Uh. And we had like our own car. So it, oh, was, it was wonderful is what I'm going to say. We only did it one day, but we did everything that we wanted to do as many times as we wanted to do it. And we got to eat at Satuli, so it was all good. Satuli's Canteen is so good. It's just so, it's so good. good. And so is, um, and I know, I think it's closed right now, uh, and then we'll talk about food in a minute, but uh, Woody's Lunchbox also blew my mind as far as the quick service was, was concerned cool. the last time we were there. But, uh, but Craig, uh, talk to me about Animal Kingdom. Did you all get to experience that? We did. Uh, actually, we went on their reopening day, and um, it wasn't very busy. You know, I, we were kind of worried about, because when you park with your car, and we, we parked that day at the resort because it was our first day on property, and we had to walk from the parking lot, and it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was really actually pretty easy. And then, um, yeah, we had the same experience where you keep walking on Flight of Passage over and over again, and the cast members were just as, you know, kind of shocked about the wait time as we were. And I'm not a huge, um, I'm not always about the, uh, um, the little boat ride. I can't remember what it is right now, but um, in, uh, in Pandora. But we went on that like five or six times. And they let us sit on the boat and keep going because it wasn't busy. <laughs> but it was so hot the day we went. And it was so cold inside. It was like... <laughs> Can you stay on? Like, is that, yeah, can you just keep going? Yeah, go ahead. You were singing the shaman's song. I mean, yeah, why not? It was like, I was kind of like, I, I have a renewed love for this ride. And yeah. I never really did before because it was like, there's no story here. But it was <laughs> What's an experience. It's just, I yeah. loved it. Now we have two more parks to go. Uh, we've, we've got, let's start with Epcot because I think we should all end with Magic Kingdom. It just feels right. So uh, let's do Epcot. And I believe if I remember correctly, this will be Craig starting first. So Craig, go ahead and tell us about Epcot. So we actually didn't go because it, oh, opened, okay. it opened the same day as Hollywood Studios and that was our last day in the parks. Okay. So, well, uh, this will be easy then. Kristen, yeah. can you tell us about Epcot? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can, because Epcot is my second favorite park, so um, we went twice to Epcot because I love it, But and it was food and wine, which was kind of a surprise, it was a hybrid food and wine flower garden, I don't know what it was, it was a weird deal, but um, we used to go always in the fall when food and wine was happening, so I was super pumped when I found out, like, the week before we were going, it was going to be this <laughs> wine so I got a food and wine mask hang on here it is food and wine it's got pasta and olive oil anyway oh nice um, but it was it was lovely it was it was again like super sparse you know we walk in the back entrance and they didn't open any of it till 11 which is unusual usually Epcot will open at 9 and then World Showcase will start opening around 11 but they opened the whole park 11 which was different um, so it was the latest park to open of the four uh, during this time right now. And so we, we enjoyed it. 
it, again, it was a little bit weird because it was World Showcase especially was very, very empty. And they typically, you guys know that when you're in a country, usually everybody working in that country is truly representative of that country. So they are from Italy and they're working in Italy or they're from France and they're working in France. And unfortunately, due to travel restrictions, that's not happening right now. So there, it was, it was weird to have just like Sam working in the UK and he doesn't have an accent and it was just kind of weird, but, um, but we knew it was going to happen again. Um, World Showcase is, is like one of our favorite areas also for the same reason as Boardwalk because they will have like the mines and the, the magicians and just the street performers and none of that was happening. So that was kind of disappointing a little bit, but, and then all, all of the shops that like when you go back into the countries, they were all closed. So there wasn't a lot open back in the countries. You just kind of had to be on the outskirts, the main drag there of World Showcase, and then that's where everything was. But we went twice. We love, um, we love Epcot. We, you know, got to ride Soren so many times, and I love Soren. We might. I did not ride test track, which was kind of weird because we usually ride test track, but my kids rode it like seven times while I was sitting in Italy eating a charcuterie board and drinking wine. So um, <laughs> it was it was fun. My kids, we don't ever, you know, we don't do like the dining plan thing. So my kids love Epcot because that's when I'm just like, yeah, whatever. And my daughter goes and gets sushi in Japan and my son eats a turkey leg. Sorry, Brett, but that's he not... loves turkey leg. <laughs> that's Okay. <laughs> So that's our Epcot, you know, just kind of eating our way around it. And it was our first experience with a cavalcade because we Epcot was our first day. So we got to see one of the surprise cavalcades. And we had maybe been in Walt Disney World for 30 minutes. Like we pulled in Boardwalk parking lot and we walked into Epcot. And um, Mickey, Goofy, Pluto came driving right past us which was, I mean, I cried because like, I, I wasn't sure we were taking this trip and now I've been a half an hour and there's my Mickey Mouse. And so we, you know, we got to turn around and they would pose, but you know, you're 20 feet away from them, but they would pose because they knew you were taking pictures and it was, it was neat. I mean, they did such a good job trying to make you feel the magic, even though it was different. So it yeah. was wonderful. Epcot was great. Uh, and I think that's so cool that they're doing those because they're not doing character meet and greets right now, particularly in Epcot, seeing the videos of kind of them on that like berm area, kind of prancing around, whether it's Joy or Winnie the Pooh and seeing the cavalcades come through with the different princesses or Anna and Elsa. And uh, of course the Fab Five, like it's just cool that they have found these ways to still make those kind of moments for uh, not only for kids, like you said, you had like this emotional response to seeing Mickey in your favorite place, right? So uh, it's just neat how they put some time and effort into really thinking about how they could do that in a safe way, for sure. All right, now we have to go to the Magic Kingdom. And, uh, you know, this is the, the place that so many of us uh, just immediately envision when we think about Walt Disney World. And now we have this big pink castle to look at uh, as we're there. So, uh, Kristen, you kind of got to go first last time because Craig didn't go to Epcot. So we're going to let Craig talk Magic Kingdom and the pink castle first, uh, and then uh, we'll come back to you. Okay. So, Craig, what were your thoughts about Magic Kingdom? So Magic Kingdom is by far my favorite park. Um, <laughs> I, of all time, out of all the parks, even 
even Disneyland. But um, but nonetheless, I, uh, it was kind of cool uh, because we were able to ride the monorail in and seeing everything. And we had eaten at uh, California Grill the week before, and we were able to oversee, you know, the Magic Kingdom a little bit. And um, so we were we were pretty excited about it. Um, first of all, I think the Pink Castle is gorgeous. It, it, it I really think it is. It's it in in person. It is amazing. It's iridescent. The the roofs look blue, purple, indigo, and it just seems to like sparkle with all the gold. And I think it's like a giant, like toy. It's amazing. I think it's great. No matter what anyone else says. Um, <laughs> That's and they were still doing the paint by number bricks, and I just loved that. What? It's not. It's neat. You know. It's not a a a a. a pink birthday cake this year so they're very happy about that but i think right. the overall the impression is it's it's very pretty so it's gonna make great great pictures can't wait to see it in person oh yeah the pictures are amazing oh yes and it can you i mean like the dusk or whatever the sunset pictures and all that yeah it's very pretty so it's kind of reminiscent of the colors of of uh sleeping beauty castle so it's okay to give a little change to cinderella's castle every now and then as long as it's not a pink birthday cake with inflatables. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Honestly, other than not having parades or fireworks, I, I feel like Magic Kingdom was the same. It was, I mean, without, without weights. And, and <laughs> you know, they had just announced the Splash Mountain, um, you know, uh, change and, and everyone was going to Splash Mountain. And even that wasn't much of a wait. Um, other than the the gift shop, which you saw people with giant yeah. suitcases taking things out, um, you can find then, those on eBay, Craig. Well, yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. those lost their annual passes, which was very interesting. But oh, that's nice. another story. But, uh, and you had to get <laughs> your birthday, story. Too, which we got our we got a little um, splash mountain ornament before they were gone, so we were pretty excited about that. But no, I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was just as magical. I felt. I felt I felt just as excited, and really, I think that was the one park where there were the fewest things closed. Most of the stores were open. Most of the restaurants were open. Um, there were only a couple little places that I was kind of like Gaston's Tavern was closed, and I really wanted that mm -hmm. cinnamon roll at eight o'clock in the morning. That cinnamon roll is so good. But, and then the I wanted my little pizza, my little roll, my little you know cheeseburger spring roll, and they were closed. But other than that, um, everything else was open. So That's great. You, know, you, were to, you were able to ride Space Mountain several times. I can't tell you how many times you went on Peter Pan and the Haunted Mansion. Um, I mean, really over and over again. Uh, the cavalcades there were probably the most often. Um, and there were some really fun ones. And the, like the marching band and Tinkerbell. Um, yeah, I I really don't. I I think that one out of out of all of them felt the most whole, um, outside of not having parades or the fireworks. And I and I am a big, I am a big nighttime person at Magic Kingdom because it just comes to life. And I was I kind of mourned that part of it. Um, yeah. And then the only other thing that I and this is petty. This is a little thing for me, but I always really like to just drag my feet when I leave, and you know, walk my happy butt through the Emporium from Casey's all the way down. And you cannot do that right now. You have to enter in the middle of Main Street and backtrack and go through. And I was like, this is ruining my experience. And I know this is small, but I wanted this. 
Yeah. But um, no, other than that, you know, they were, they were, um, they were just really excited to have people there. I think that was the other thing is that everyone in Magic Kingdom was so excited to be back at work. And that was, that was special. Absolutely. You know, uh, if they don't let you get in the Emporium like that, Kristen can't buy another six set of ears. So uh, we don't know what we're going to do. Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's okay. I was doing the math earlier and I was like, well, an ear is like $27. And so Disney beers are right around $9. So really it's like three Disney beers equals uh, an ear, right? So is that the math that that happens there? Uh, You just get more of them, the less ears you get. This is how this works out. Uh, But so talk to me about your experiences in Magic Kingdom. I I think Craig hit a lot of it perfectly. I mean, it is, it was so, so magical for me. Um, And not like Craig, like it is, I, I love Magic Kingdom. I mean, it's Magic Kingdom. It's, it's, Disney World, right? But it's it is a park that we have skipped. Like we have my kids are to an age now where they're like, um, can we just go to like if we're gonna do a cruise and a you know couple parks, they're gonna pick Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios all day long. So um we have skipped it, but don't hate me. Um I also absolutely love Magic Kingdom. Some things that I found interesting is that like Peter Pan's flight, we don't ride it every time because it's such a long line and we, my kids don't always want that to be a fast pass, right? Because they want Space Mountain and they want uh, Thunder Mountain Railroad and they, you know, there's certain things that they definitely want. And so that might not be our fast pass. And then it's like crazy, right? It's always 60 plus minutes. Um, so what I found what was really interesting for us is we had not been through, I don't think we had been through the actual queue because if we mm-hmm. had been through it in the last few years, we had fast passed it. So yeah. we had not seen like the shadow queue. That was all new for us at, in Peter Pan's flight. So that was really fun. They had a, they had a good time with that. We wrote it twice. So they thought that was fun. Again, we wrote Haunted Mansion a bunch of times, um, Space Mountain over and over and over. We, but it was just a fun day. I am not a super big fan of the castle. Um, I don't think it's, sorry. I don't think it's, for me, I couldn't really figure out what it was, but I think, you know, when you said it's like a big toy, I think that's the part for me that it is that I don't love. Like it looks almost not real. And what I loved about the castle was that it was, it was the real castle. And now it kind of looks like a toy. And also, and this is going to get super Disney geeky on you, but I feel like they took away from the forced perspective because the colors take away from what Disney always uses when they do that forced perspective and it doesn't look as big as it used to look to me because they're not using that color scheme to to make it look big. So it's, you're right, it pops. What it does do is pop against the sky and it's, it is very, very cool in that aspect. But my kids cried and they didn't cry happy tears. They were like, oh, mom, it looks like pink. <laughs> I know. I know. Wow. So we tried. We're trying. It's going to be fine. We're, you know, we've gone through some You'll make it through. Oh my gosh, they changed it. Okay. Uh, well, that's, you know, it's your high school 
children were crying and that only shows the amount of Disney that runs through their blood. Jack was like, mom, I mean, Imagineers invited on this? <laughs> like, yes, yes. So I think it's fine. And I think, I think it'll grow on us, but it hasn't yet. I'll leave it at Okay, that. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for sharing all those experiences in the different parks and things like that. I know that we have uh, food on the agenda as well, uh, because you kind of already mentioned some of the different things, but any um, difficulties during this about uh, what you were able to have or weren't able to have? Did you try anywhere new because your old standbys were closed and things like that? So Kristen, we'll start with you first there. Uh, and you don't necessarily have to talk about all the parks, but just maybe in general, uh, just yeah. your thoughts on the food situation down there right now. Uh, also, I mean, it, it's a safety thing, right? So did you also right. feel safe, of course, uh, when, when being able to uh, eat and drink? So we, we don't eat very much. So um, we had planned on the hoop to do. We had it scheduled twice and it got canceled. Um, and then uh, we did do a new restaurant this time. We did the Wave for breakfast and it was delightful. So that's at the Contemporary and we were kind of forced into trying something new and the Wave at the Contemporary, we love the Contemporary and we've been to the Wave Lounge multiple times, um, but never done breakfast. So just throwing that out there, it was wonderful. But as far as like in the parks, it, it is a little bit more limited and you have to plan. And we don't, like I just said, we, we are not planners. We don't do the dining plan and we just, oh, we're hungry, let's go eat. That's kind of how we do Disney. Um, you can't do that right now. So if you're going to do quick service, you have to mobile order. They don't just let you go in and order your meal. Um, and so it took me, I don't know, way too long to get good at mobile ordering, but we finally figured it out. Um, and I was mobile ordering ahead of, you know, when we were getting there and, and, and it, and it really did work out. They're doing such a good job with the mobile order, making sure there's enough spaces for people to sit. They're being so clean. We were able to schedule it when we needed a break from our masks or when it was raining outside, you know, when we could see clouds coming, I was mobile ordering because then we were going to find a place to sit covered, get, be able to take our masks off and eat. So once you figure it out, it's fine. It's just not the way we had always done Disney. Um, and so it was a little bit of, uh, you know, there was a learning curve to it for us. We don't do a lot of sit down dinners either. So we only went into Disney Springs one night and we had Ragland Road because we had, they um, offered a gift card deal when all of this went down, when the whole COVID thing went down, they offered this awesome gift card deal. And I bought like $300 worth of Ragland Road cards because I love Ragland Road. And I knew we were going to go and I wanted to help them. They were trying to keep paychecks coming for their employees. And so we went ahead and ordered. And, and so we did go into Disney Springs one night and eat dinner, but mostly we just kind of chilled and, like I said, you know, like we would mobile order and eat at our room. The pizza window on the boardwalk is the best pizza, I think, on Disney property. <laughs> and so we ate that like three nights out of six, which was fine with me. I love pizza. So That's great. Um, it was just really more about like learning the new way to do things. Yeah. And one of those new things, Craig, is the 60-day window for ADRs as opposed to the 180-day window for ADRs. But um, but what was your experience like with food? It was very similar, although um, I am an eater, and we do do sit-down. So. <laughs> uh, so in that respect, we had a lot of food. <laughs> um, and we actually went to Disney Springs weekly several times before we were actually in the parks. 
and tried lots of new restaurants. We went to Morimoto um, and a couple other places too. And Raglan Road was actually our first restaurant indoors since COVID ever started. Mm -hmm. So, and we felt very safe. It was their opening night. Um, they were so excited to have people. They were so good about it. QR code, sat down, got your order. And really that's kind of how everything seemed to be for that sit down. Um, and a lot of times we would go and look at the menus before we would go to see what they were offering. And the big thing about the sit downs, they were far more limited menus than they normally have. You know, it was kind of the, the big, you know, vegetarian chicken steak, and then a couple other things or some po popular different uh, appetizers or what have you. So it was, it was different to get used to in that regard from like our favorite restaurants. But, um, you know, the first night that we were there, the first couple of days, you actually did go up to the host or hostess and check in. And then a few days into that, then everything was a mobile check-in, in fact. So when you got to the restaurant, you would check in on your um, My Disney Experience app, and then someone would come out and actually take you to your table. And that was a little bit different. It actually felt pretty impersonal. Um, that, that was the only thing I didn't really love about that. But other than, other than that, I felt very good about every sit-down place that we went to. We always felt very far apart. In fact, I feel like our food came way faster than <laughs> we ever had it everywhere we went. Um, and probably because there were far fewer people there, right? So that was- And a limited menu, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, like we actually went to the Wave at lunchtime and we love the Wave. And there were four people there, you know, it was, it was dead. And the food was awesome. The waiter, our waiter was, was just as interested about how the parks were going as we were and asked us tons of questions. And, you know, I, I keep saying this, but these people were so excited to be back at work and they yeah. wanted to talk and they wanted to know how we felt. And I, at one point we were at a quick service stand just getting water. And while we were waiting for it, she just goes, how are you doing? Are you enjoying your park? Like, are you feeling comfortable? And it was, really nice. It was just nice that someone asked because I feel like, you know, you know, we were a little bit more on edge than we would have been at first. And that kind of experience really helped. But, um, you know, other than that, we never had one negative experience when it came to food and um, really had good, good meals. So, you yeah. know, if you're a foodie, you know, you're going to have to look for the food because I think other than like, um, you know, Skipper's Canteen, a lot of it's pretty vanilla you know you're not going to get a whole lot of um crazy stuff right now but um you'll still you'll still have a good time so that was all it was it was it's nice for us that's wonderful awesome well as we start to uh wrap things up a little bit here brett i wanted to see if you had any questions for them that you wanted to know about their trips or their experiences overall it sounds well it sounds like you had a wonderful disney vacation it was different and you were expecting that, but were you able to get into the Disney zone? Did you get there? Oh, yeah. Craig. So Craig. Craig. Craig, did you get there? Did you get to the Disney zone? I think, I think a few days into it, I did. Mm -hmm. I think that that was, it took a little bit of time because I, I, and this is really strange after, you know, after, after going to the animal kingdom and it was just empty and I got to walk on things. I think I kind of miss the crowds and I don't know. I think it, maybe it's the energy of it and maybe it's having that stroller nick you in the ankle that you really just makes it feel like you're at home. I don't know, 
but I really feel like waiting in the queues, although it's part of, I know that's part of it, maybe that's negative. I feel like every time, every time I was standing on an empty street, I was like, part of this is that everyone wants to be here and that there are so many people. And it's just, there's something about standing in the middle of thousands of people watching fireworks and crying to happily ever after that is so impactful. And I, that I will say that I feel like the crowds were missing. And I think that that was my only part of this whole vacation that I missed. Um, and there's obviously some, nothing that they could do, but, um, you know, other than that, I think after I kind of got over that, I, I did get in the Disney, especially in the magic kingdom, because there's so much to do and you can just go from thing to thing to thing. And, and not only that, but then rise of the resistance, I was left in awe for that entire day because it was just so spectacular that, you know, I, I think, you know, that's where the magic really kicked in for me uh, in those, in those two departs. So yeah, I was able to. And Kristen, Disney Zone? Yeah. Yeah. I think that for me, you know, like half an hour in, they did a cavalcade and there was my Mickey and and I felt it, right? There were moments for me where, like I talked about, where like it would kind of deflate. But it wasn't bad. It was just like what Craig's saying, like, oh my gosh. and, And I missed the crowds, but my husband, who doesn't like people, missed the crowds. Like, like he even said, it's weird, but I just feel like something is missing. Um, but it was still magical. It was just different. It was just a different kind of magic. And then I think, too, what was, and I don't know if you felt this, Craig, but for us, what was kind of interesting is that if you were there, then you were like one of three things. You were a DVC owner who goes all the time, right? It's like your second home. Or you were an annual pass holder or you're a Disney fanatic, right? It's so, with a different crowd. It wasn't just a smaller crowd, it was a different crowd. They, to me, it was like the more knowledgeable crowd, the ones that knew what was going on and that knew they were missing the room growing and getting taller. No, you know, so it was just a different vibe altogether. None of the newbies were there and I kind of like the newbies and I, I'm the person that like will reach out and help the mom who's like asking the question out loud to her child. You know, I'll be like, okay, I can help you through this. And there was none of that this time, which was, which was different for me. Probably great for my husband because he hates when I butt in on people conversations. But you know, just I think that kind of was different. But I did. I got in the zone, and 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 we all did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I guess my uh, final question for the two of you. In this next, let's say, six months, uh, if someone was planning a trip to Walt Disney World, um, maybe if one of them was one of my co-hosts, what would you tell that person? Would you encourage them to go? uh, And what do you think that it would be worth them them going? And I'll go to Kristen first. Yeah, I think think it would depend on the person. But if it's somebody that's been before and knows what what Disney is, I would totally encourage them to go. Absolutely. Go. Yes, go. Go have fun. Enjoy it. Look it in. Ride as many rides as you can in in, in a a day and love it. But I think I already told you guys that my sister was planning to go in November. And I told her, I said, I would advise you not to because this is a once every five years thing for them. And it's a lot of money. 
and um, they have three kids and it's just not going to be the same as what they were hoping for it to be. So I think mm -hmm. it depends on the person, but I, I would say if it's someone that, that knows what Disney is and go and just experience the difference and have fun. Absolutely. Awesome. Craig. Yeah, I, I, I really agree with that sentiment. And I think more than, um, more than anything, it would be to obviously go knowing what you're getting yourself into. Right. I mean, that's, that's the big thing is that these things aren't going to be there or go with this idea that you're going to try new things and, um, or take it slow. I will add that I would not go feeling unsafe. I, I would say that there is not, there was not a moment where I ever felt like I was unsafe, whether it was through transportation on the bus or the monorail, um, or through the check-ins, the screenings, all of those things felt great. And, and I really didn't feel unsafe on any ride either. Um, you know, I think Brett and I talked about it at one point, if the NBA decided that all of the teams across the entire U.S. can stay in Disney World for months, obviously it's probably one of the safer places to be. Yeah. And honestly, I felt like I was probably in one of the more safe places in the world where I could actually be outside and doing things um, with other people around. Um, you know, you have to have your mask, you have to have your backup mask. I mean, that's, you know, you always want to make sure that you've got extras because um, as soon as one gets wet, it's impossible to breathe through. And let me tell you, it, it, is, it really is hard. <laughs> but, um, and at, with the raining and everything, it, it does complicate things a little bit. But yeah, if you've got the means and you really want to go, um, and you know what you're doing, I think it's awesome. And I, we might be going again, you know, <laughs> um, at least in October with like food and wine or something, because um, it being a lot cooler and wearing the mask is probably going to be even more fun. The, the summer sun did kind of wear on you with that. But with it being, you know, more temperate, I think that, um, I think it'll be great. So, yeah. Did you hear that, wow. Brett? Because because this would yes. be your first trip, Brett. Um, maybe you should <laughs> oh, not gosh. go. I've read so much about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, that was my that was my question. Any suggestions to anyone? Me, considering a WDW vacation in 2020, you answered it. So thank you. So, well, November, I, November. I'm hoping. Um, but thank you both so much. This has just been, uh, it's been really enlightening. It's just been fun to talk about our recent experience of going to the parks. When those parks were closed, it was like weighing on you, right? That the, the parks were closed all around the world. And now, uh, for the most part, they're all open. Of course, Disneyland's still closed, but it'll get there. Uh, and we'll have it back. And again, just been such a delight to have both of you, Craig, uh, just, would love to have you come back on again and again. Kristen, we need to talk DVC at some point. You know, uh, if you ever wanted to rent your points out to somebody, uh, you, you let me know uh, because I'm sure I could find somebody that would, be, that would love to, to help you take some of those points off of, your, off of your shelf for you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much. Really had a good time. Uh, so again, thank you. We have such a great slate of shows coming up and we have some 
maybe even more special guests coming on in the near future that we can't wait to share those episodes with you. As you know, we are releasing weekly now. So every Friday you will have a new Beyond the Mouse. And we're so grateful to the people that have just started uh, and have been following us and all of those that have followed along from the beginning. You can find us on all of our social media channels. You can find us on Beyond the Mouse podcast on Facebook. Beyond the Mouse Pod on Instagram. And of course, we are part of the Front Row Network. So you can search the Front Row Network on nprillinois.org and also on all of their social media channels as well. And just can't wait to continue to talk Disney with you and love being able to do that. So for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Brett. I'm Christian. And I'm Craig too. And we will see you real soon in the front row. And hey, Maybe even inside of a Disney park. That would be a great place to see you. Oh, now this is the part where we do banter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, and I think that the two of you, you have a perfect podcast coming up. You two are going to, this is the inaugural episode of Castle Talk with Craig and Kristen. You're going to talk about, uh, you're going to talk about all things Pink Castle. You're going to duke it out. I think it's.